This week, I interview Bevan Wilton of 96FM. We talk about the differences over the years of technology, what it's like to be a technician in this age, and the differences between analog and digital. All this and more on this week's episode of InsertCast. You're listening to InsertCast. Cast. This week I have a very special guest. If you could introduce yourself and what you do, please. Thanks, Connor. Uh, my name is Bevan. I'm over in Australia. I'm a Kiwi that's doing technical work for a radio station in Perth. Cool. All right. Could you uh, tell us what station you're on? Sure can. Um, Perth's 96FM. We're playing a bit of real music. Um, it's a bit of an older station. There's a few uh, stations in the marketplace playing the youth music and that, but we're, um, we're targeting that sort of plus 40. Cool, cool. And how did you get into this industry? Well, there's a good question. So for me, at high school I was pretty keen on physics and electronics and understanding those things of how electronics worked. At the um, EIT in uh, Taradale of Napier, um, I went and did an electronics course. Mm-hmm. At the end of that, that was, um, it was 1988. At mm-hmm. the end of that course, they took us across to this Whiz-bang new thing in Hastings. It was 93 FM, which was a new FM station. FM hadn't been around all that long. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in New Zealand, there was Auckland stations that started up in the mid-80s, but they brought an FM station to Hastings for mm-hmm. about 86, 87. So in 88, I went across and um, had a look at this. Uh, we, we did a station tour as with um, EIT. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the class went along and we were looking at how things went from the, the desk in the studio with the faders up and down, how it's all wired through to the front racks, and then how it got through up to the roof, and then it was transmitted out to the hill, mm-hmm. and through that, how it got out to your radio. We're learning about all these things, uh, the frequency modulation, mm-hmm. and then the pilot wave, and all the little bits, um, signal-to-noise ratio. Mm-hmm. But that, was the, that, was the, um, that was the first part. I sort of got taken by this, I was, I was really keen. I'd always liked listening to the radio. Mm-hmm. I was always keen on that. And Marcus was the technician. And I said to him, look, through the school break, or the, the holiday break up, there's not much going on. And he said, oh, if you want to come back and have a look around, mm-hmm. no probs. So I pretty mm-hmm. much hung around like a bad smell for about three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. The general manager was pretty happy with the work I was doing. And he said, oh, look, you know, keep on staying on if you want to. We might find some, some extra work for you. So I started doing some uh, some panels, some overnight panel, which was the was this pre digital era. They used mm. to get the announcers to record the voice breaks onto tape. Oh, okay. Um, we, we we would play them back between midnight and six. So in that hour, you know, you get two or three voice breaks, and before the commercial break, mm-hmm. the announce, the daytime announcer would record their um their bit, and we would be able to play that back in the mid dawn. So it was effectively automation, but mm-hmm. by by a paid paid monkey oh. <laughs> and that, that was us so we yeah. had to play them back and that was good that was good grounding and um, so i was getting paid during uh weekend work and mm-hmm. the rick d's the rick d's weekly top 40 used to come in on vinyl so we used to panel that in off of uh, record off a record player mm-hmm. lots of lots of little things that um the old boys could tell you about and then eventually um they were happy with that and by april of 1989 
was talking on here. So I got to do Mid Dawns. Mm-hmm. But eventually, eventually, I moved over to audio production. Mm. I was making radio commercials, but I'd always been keen on, on computers and technology mm-hmm. and soldering irons and little things like that. So eventually, I managed to uh, wrangle my way around. So for me, my career went along the way of uh, 93FM, and I moved over to the Radio New Zealand station, which was, um, funny enough, 96FM oh. in, uh, in Hastings. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went over to Basic Radio, 2ZC out of Napier. Mm-hmm. Um, then I moved down to Wellington, got a um, promotion into a Wellington job, doing audio production and doing technical work for them. Mm-hmm. The year 2000, I decided to leave the shores of New Zealand and went to Melbourne. Mm. So I've been playing in the Melbourne radio game for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, had a bit of a trip to London, didn't do any radio work over there, just played around for a bit, yep. and then uh, came back to Perth. And, mm-hmm. um, I was really lucky the boss that I had in, um, in Melbourne was uh, pretty happy that you know, I was back in Perth because they needed somebody, so it all mm-hmm. worked out very well. And here I am being a, a technical person for mm. 96 if you... And what station were you on uh, in Wellington? What were... So I was always... I've always been part of the radio network, or as the original radio music oh, okay. station. So that was um, ZMFM, the music leader, mm-hmm. and they turned uh, it into 91ZM. Um, but that was also uh, 2ZB, mm-hmm. uh, Wellington's 2ZB station, with Lindsay Yeo for breakfast there, and uh, we had Polly and Grant on the, on the ZM station mm-hmm. in Wellington. Mm-hmm. And these were these were analog discs back in the day that you were on? Yeah, absolutely. They were certainly analog discs, and you could hot swap those faders quite easily, uh, rather than all the, uh, the digital stuff that we've got these days. Mm-hmm. There's a, um, yeah, a a timeline of of technology. Um, it was actually it was quite good to go from you know in my era mm. to go from what was the the old analog days, the old analog days mm-hmm. with uh, with vinyl carts, the old cart machines, the yep. tape used to get um, ripped and you know, jam into a cart rack. Mm-hmm. Um, and CDs that would skip the bejesus over them, and uh, you know that was annoying, really mm. bad. Um, one of the stations only used to buy the the two hundred dollar CD players, not the two thousand dollar ones. They wondered mm-hmm. why the CDs skipped on here. I won't mention their name. Um, mm. That was a private radio station. The yeah, in, in Wellington, uh, actually, in ninety four, nineteen ninety four is when the radio network decided to start doing Wizard or the early version of Next Gen as mm-hmm. a remote satellite station. Mm-hmm. So they put, um, they used Napier as a hub. So Auckland as a hub and then um, satellite it to Napier for the, the stations that we had, like Classic Hits Network. Mm-hmm. And that was a test that we did and then they started rolling out across the, the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I, was, I moved into Wellington because I needed more people making commercials in Wellington. Mm-hmm. Then they started bringing in uh, something called Audisk, which was audio disc. Mm-hmm. Um, that have, oh, mate, the amount of stories that your phone, your, your mobile phone has now mm. is way more than what we used to have on the hard disk, oh, okay. the audio, audio thing. And mm. you think about the technology as well. Um, mm. The computers mm. that they had on the, um, on the, the, device, well, the, the rocket ships that took the people to the moon, you know, the yeah. computers that yeah, they yeah, yeah. You, you've got yeah. more on your phone than what you've got in what took people to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the orders came through, mm-hmm. and then there was... Um, Digital, uh, what you call Pro Tools now, they mm-hmm. had early versions of um, Pro Tools, um, a different name. In that. They were coming in about 97, 98. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the O2R, the Yamaha O2R discs seemed to be the big thing with all their onboard DSP. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were pretty fresh. And that was uh, 94 to 98 era. Okay. And all, the, all the transition went from the analog to digital. Uh, to, yeah, a bit of digital. 
Mm. And since then, it's all been um, all onboarding now. All they do is just spec up the, the front-end player and give you mm. a bit more storage and make the servers work a bit faster and mm. try and get their connections a bit quicker. Mm. Uh, from there, it's, um, that's where it's, it's, it's progress from. So for mm. me, in a way, when I started out learning about um, you know, the physics and the analog stuff and how voltage goes down wires, mm -hmm. I've now changed to learning how to um, get bits and bytes or zeros and ones and mm -hmm. make them make them work around around the network. And I've got to tell you, it's so much easier. On an Axia or a Wheatstone <laughs> product, you can um, you can just plug it in, dial it up, and you can mm -hmm. send it mm -hmm. without having to run a long bit of wire and crank it into a you know, crank. Mm -hmm. And what disk are you on? Is that a is that a digital digital disk? Yep. So with the Australian Radio Network who I work with, they've yep. rolled out Axia. Now Axia is yep. the and they've got the fusion disks, which um, I think I've seen in some of the Auckland um, NZME studios. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're a nice disk. Um, they're easy to control. You've got source settings and um, show settings, and uh, if you write some some buttons, a panel. Um, using Pathfinder, you can write some scripts to be able to make the panel buttons work a bit differently and mm -hmm. write some little effectively macros in. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Yep. Um, and what door has been used at the station currently? Pro Tools, Logic, uh, you know. So on the on air disk, mm -hmm. uh, using a Wheatstone Vox Pro. Now that's oh. got a nice little outboard jog shuttle. Mm -hmm. You can um, just press the hot keys and it'll play, record, play from beginning, jump, and you've got a jog shuttle you can just um, slide around with. So on-the-fly audio editing, rather than doing it in the, um, the next-gen playout system, which can be a bit rudimentary since it's a 20-year-old yep. system, they've got the Vox Pro. Mm -hmm. But uh, for that, the industry standard these days is, is uh, Pro Tools. So mm -hmm. you don't find many other stations and or employees that are going to um, know anything but Pro Tools themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, understood. Yeah. Uh, what would you say has been the biggest change in the industry since you started it? We'll be right back with InsertCast. Whether you're looking for raw processing power with instant panel access for live performance or seeking rich, smooth, complex processing algorithms in the studio, Lexicon brings the best of both worlds together in the MX200 Dual Reverb Effects Processor designed with both rich, live reinforcement and home recording in mind, the MX200 features deep, rich reverb and effects algorithms that built the Lexicon Legend adds increased versatility with specialized DBX dynamics. Each of the 32 stunning reverb and effects and their parameters are all instantly accessible with a single button push or knob. If you're starting off and you need just something to get the hang of that's easy to use, that's cheap, get yourself a Blue Cat plugin. They've got tons of great reverbs and dynamics and other compressors. And guess what? A lot of them are free. So why not get yourself a Blue Cat today? You're back with Insert Car.
Yeah, I think the whole of the, you know, just sort of mentioned it, to, to go from the analog to the digital, that's been the thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. um, there's a different thing also for, for what the New Zealand caper is as compared to Australia. Mm-hmm. Australia has a um, uh, semi-regulated market where you can only own two radio stations in the, the one market. So mm-hmm. uh, in, in Melbourne, Australian Radio Network has the, the Gold 104.3 and the KISS 1011. Mm-hmm. In Sydney, they've got the WSFM and the KISS 1065. Now, they're their top 40 station and the Golden Oldies type station. Mm-hmm. You're only entitled to own two stations. Oh. Upon you go and look at what um, uh, the Radio Network or NZME have got, uh, mm-hmm. uh, MediaWorks, yeah, they've yeah. often got seven or eight stations because they've got all those frequencies available in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit different. So for me, to go from uh, New Zealand radio where you had so many stations, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go back a sec when I was, a, was an announcer, on a Saturday morning, um, I'd go in and record um, parts of the ZM show in Wellington between 6 and 10. Mm-hmm. I'd go next door and record the classic hits show between 9 and 2. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go down and panel an um, announcer between 9 and 12 mm-hmm. and, um, on Newstalk ZB. Mm-hmm. So I'd go between three studios and um, you know, between 5.30 in the morning to about 12, 12.30. Mm-hmm. You've got six hours to fill in and um, keep you busy. But I was on three stations. Mm-hmm. Here, when you come to Australia, you only work for the one station. Oh, okay. I'm a tech for two. Yeah, uh, you know, you only work for uh, a line to one, and it's good because then you become a uh, a master of the one station and yeah. know it inside out. Yeah, um, you've like a Formula One where they've got two Formula One cars, mm-hmm. but the the engineer only works with the one driver and the one car. Yeah, so they can they can make that a fast beast. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way I like it here. When you've got some, when you've got seven stations at one radio network, mm-hmm. it's a little bit difficult because you've got to try and keep across everything. And I kind of think that you're a you're a, um, you know lots, but you're not a master of one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 How big's your team, um, just as the engineers? Right, so for us, yeah. um, because we're a um, single operation here in mm-hmm. Perth with one station, there's only two of us techs. We oh, okay. Also, we also get um, split out to go and do some um, contract work for another radio station as well. Right. So there's yeah. a little bit of work. But if we were um, looking at the Melbourne setup, where they've uh, so we've only got a maximum of 45 full time staff here in Perth. Yeah, so for that, for me, being technical, we're looking after the first level computer repairs and the setup and mm-hmm. hardware uh, stuff. There's also the ongoing maintenance and uh, upgrades of the on air path as well. Mm-hmm. But in Melbourne, in Melbourne, where they've got 140 odd staff, they've got three radio techs, a chief engineer, and the um, the national technology manager mm-hmm. based out of there as well. So on, on scales of, of staffing levels, they've got um, they've got more people. Yep. Uh, what would you say is the the hardest part of the job? Oh, the one thing I hate the most is when people say, "How long is it going to be uh, taking to get fixed?" <laughs> so when you've got a when you've got an absolute uh, nightmare problem, and uh, it might be revenue critical, you know, you might be uh, losing some revenue mm-hmm. because the, the audio service failed, and you need to try and find a bypass or be able to mm-hmm. run up a backup system. And, Little things like that, and um, that's one of the things. Because oh, how long is it going to take? Well, I don't know what the problem is yet, so we don't know quite how long it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the toughest thing, yeah. Sometimes it's just um, just like being a dog with a bone. You know, you've got to try and chase down these little problems. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you're the person that actually wrote the program, sometimes you've got to really dig into it and, and try and find out what it is. Um, mm-hmm. So we rolled out some Wheatstone products at another radio station. Mm-hmm. And because I'd worked on Axia, think of it like a Ford and a Holden. When you're mm-hmm. used to working on a Ford motor, 
Mm-hmm. But then you have to go and work on a holding motor. Oh. That's right, just a little bit differently. Yeah. You're sort of used to doing it one way, and then you've got to rethink and then go, okay, do mm-hmm. I know how this works? What, what have they chosen? How do they configure their um, audio server mm-hmm. using for their um, output drivers? Why does this not start up at startup? What do we could do? And it's just these little config things. But as I've said to a lot of people, when you, when you set up something new, it's like a Formula One car. You've, mm-hmm. you've basically bolted on a motor, you've put some nice slick tyres on it and given it a polish and painted it wet. So it looks like a Formula One car, but in behind it, there's always going to be these little tweaks and tricks and things that you've got to do. Mm-hmm. So you're always working on it, and eventually you can make it fast and get mm. it faster, and, um, and it's able to just stay stable for... Well, I was looking at something earlier today, one of our audio servers has been up for um, the past 250 days, so oh. that was only because we did a, um, a software update on it. So. Oh, okay. So these things are robust once you, um, mm-hmm. once, you get them, once you get them working. Once you get them tweaked, they just, um, they just tick along. Mm-hmm. And, and what would you say is then the easiest part of your job? Oh, yeah, maybe getting the coffee across the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I would admit that in this role, mm-hmm. look, we're very privileged. There's, there's two or three things I love about radio. I'll, I'll give you a little mm-hmm. bit more of a bigger picture. So... There's lots of little perks and benefits. I've always been thankful for the movie tickets we get, mm-hmm. the extra little freebies that come our way. Every mm-hmm. now and then I've been invited to concerts or I'm lucky enough to get a media pass to go to, to rugby and football oh, and yeah. cricket and all those other things as well. So I'm always very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that bigger picture, um, when it comes to the work, there are some people that have to go out and slog their guts out and do it. 10 mm-hmm. hour a day, mm-hmm. have to do a very long, laborious job, you know, sweeping, digging holes, getting hot and sweaty. Mm-hmm. If I said this is a little bit more, you know, it's like an office job in a way, you get to mm-hmm. just cruise. It is time critical. You've got to do, you've got to, you know, do it at six o'clock. News has to be on at six o'clock. You've got to make sure those sorts of things occur. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a bit of, a bit of sway. If mm-hmm. you get a call out at five in the morning and you've got to fix something up and you just, Call the boss and say, "Oh, mate, I might be in half an hour late, or oh, okay. had to come in and do something on the Sunday night because there was preparation required for an outside broadcast on Monday or Friday." Mm-hmm. It just swings around a bit. So, in a sense, when you say what's easy, it's just a cruise in a way. You get you get you're in a maintenance mode, mm-hmm. but you're always you're always you know you. You, you turn your phone on loud. When you're on call, you turn your phone on loud at night. Mm-hmm. Thinking, is this night is going to be a remark? I'll mm-hmm. tell you. I'll tell you one drama. There's, um, there's, when you talk to me about um, doing this this chat, I thought about the one time that we had the most. Um, oh, it was a, it's wild and stormy in Melbourne at the moment. But it was mm-hmm. a very stormy night. My um, phone buzzed about four thirty in the morning, and about five seconds later, I got a phone call from yeah. the uh, the journalists, mm-hmm. and they said there has been an almighty crack of lightning, a big bang, and mm-hmm. we've lost power, and uh, the radio station's off here. Oh. I'm like, sure. oh, okay. Yeah. So we weren't making any money. Lucky mm-hmm. at four thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I get in the car and uh, drive down. It's only about five minutes away. Mm-hmm. Walking into the station, I opened up the master control and it just stunk of smoke. Oh! So what we've managed to produce was that when you've got the audio coming out from the audio servers, you've got yep. a bit of processing that's supposed to go up the cable and up the roof and it hits a microwave dish, yep. which then transmits however many kilometres up to the hill. Mm-hmm. Well, that's supposed to send little microwaves out. Oh. What happened was that because it had a, uh, a point on it, yeah. the lightning used that 
and it basically sent all of its voltage down the wire that's supposed to be sending out sure. send it back into our master control. Yeah. So that master control then pretty much just uh, lit up. It blew out some digital audio amps, uh, blew out some processing. So once mm-hmm. I've got it there, I'm like, okay, <laughs> you've got to look at this, stand back for a moment, evaluate, go, what's blowing up? Where am I actually still operating? Uh, mm-hmm. You've got a path of you know five things in front of you. It's working on number one and number two. Number three is blowing up. There's nothing on four and five. Okay, so number two. I can send some unprocessed audio through a secondary transmitter or I can get it onto a, a codec or a nice tin line up the hill. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what we had to do. And then, um, you know, it sounded a bit rough. However, in the technical role, so long as the audio goes to where the commercials have played, we're mm-hmm. still able to bill our clients. In the purity of it, the sound of the station might have been a little bit thin and tinny and it didn't quite have that fatness that an Omni 11 or an Optimod processor can give you. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, one, that's one little thing. That was a, that was a wake-up call. Um, I'll tell you another story as well. Um, mm-hmm. This is 9123. Mm-hmm. The radio network um, used to send the network head programs of Utah ZB, Classic Hits, and the ZM network uh, out, of, out of Auckland, down the line. So it would mm-hmm. come out of Auckland, and it would come to Wellington, and then we would send it out to New Plymouth and Palmerston North. Mm-hmm. We would also pass that audio on to Christchurch. We would sink it out to Nelson and the regions, and then they'd pass it on to Dunedin. Mm-hmm. So I was just sitting down on a Friday night, and my phone, my pager as it was at the time, buzzes up, and it goes off, and it tells me nine stations are off here. And I'm thinking, <laughs> nine? So there's been a catastrophic failure somewhere. Yeah. So just jump in the car and just start driving down. I might have gone a little bit faster. Don't tell the, don't tell the policeman. Mm-hmm. Got in there and I could see that there was nothing being sent to me from Auckland. So there was nothing coming down the line. And then I'm getting a phone call from Christchurch saying, oh, you've cut the line. I said, no, 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 I'm getting nothing. So mm-hmm. pretty much because Wellington wasn't getting it, Christchurch didn't get it, Dunedin didn't get it. Yeah. And um, I've called Auckland and they said, no, no, we're sending. So mm-hmm. if they said they're sending, the first thing for me is I've got to make sure I get revenue. Mm-hmm. I've got to get something to wear. So I said, I'll call you back. Then got to go around and make sure we get the ZM station with a local logs, copy something in, you get that started. You've got some other backup stuff for the classic hit station, get that working. And then we've got a program that we've had on CD that we could play for music to be for these sorts of reasons. Mm-hmm. So we've got three things playing, and then I had to remote send them out to New Plymouth and also comes <sighs> the north as well. So getting that audio playing, so our transmitters have got some noise on them, and our, our listeners have got something coming to them. It may not be the original program, but you know, that's it. You've got to you've got to get something going. Yeah, and then you can then you can work out where the problem was. Well, about three hours later, it transpired that a backhoe had been digging in the middle of oh. North Island, and they basically cut the main cable that oh. went into Wellington. Yeah, so it took them about six hours, and they got an urgent repair through in about mm-hmm. twelve thirty one o'clock in the morning. And I got notification that we've got some audio, and then Auckland started sending again and. Mm-hmm. We were able to um, to go back to, to normal programming. You know, those are those. When I say to you, um, when you when you put your phone down at night and on call, yep. you, you sort of hope you can wake up at five thirty six in the morning and mm-hmm. you get through another night without a major drama. That's um, those are the things that you, in this role you kind of. I've often used this analogy that you're like a fireman that, that goes mm-hmm. to his job, and then mm-hmm. you know if you if you get to sleep eight hours without having a house fire or mm-hmm. a then that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But you're also trained to fix the things when there is a major drama. So mm-hmm. We don't want them to happen. We don't want house fires to happen. We don't want major no, off-roads no. to occur. Mm-hmm. But that's what you're there for, and it's a bit of a thrill of the chase as well sometimes, mm-hmm. which can also have a little impact on your family too. So if you've got some wife and kids as well, mm-hmm. they need to understand that you're on call 24-7. 
So yep. even though I'm at home, mm-hmm. um, you know, seven o'clock at night, I might have to then sneak off and go and do some stuff in the office, or I might have to go into the station for, for something that's gone wrong, and, mm-hmm. and you leave leave wifey with the kids looking after, um, you know, that sort of stuff. So in a roundabout way, you're kind of a FIFO worker that fly and fly out in a way where you mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got to do certain things. So yeah, um, look, it, it has its moments. It can be easy. It can be a bit cruisy. It can have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, if I said one thing about radio, it's certainly a uh, place where it's not like a government organisation where the political political correctness is just actually rampant. Mm-hmm. This is more more like a uh, bit more fun. Mm-hmm. There's a few more few more swear words mentioned, but uh, <laughs> not as not as much prudeness. Mm-hmm. And is there anything you wish you knew coming into this industry before you, like, that you wish you knew coming into it? Oh, you know, it's, I started out when I was 18 and 19, so I didn't get to do other jobs. Um, oh, okay. I just sort of came from a semi-rural Napier Hastings area and yeah. kind of like talking, kind of like technology. Um, uh, no, not really. So I've only mm-hmm. learned it along the way. But I think the one part also is that, you know, you've asked me whether I could help you with uh, with uh part of your interview, your podcast, mm-hmm. I'm always happy to impart my knowledge to others. You know, if mm-hmm. somebody says, hey, what's going on here? We've got to teach the next generation. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be around for the next 10, 15 years, well, 10, 15 years for myself, but we've got to make sure that other people can learn the technologies. And, and mm-hmm. I was, I've always had some good chats with the program directors of the time. And the, tech, the, the techs have always looked after me in the, in the markets that I've worked in, so... Mm-hmm. I just want to um, just want to be the same and, and help out as best we can along the way. And what advice would you give uh, to the next generation who wants to maybe get into your industry? Yeah, you've certainly got to have a lot more computer skills these days. Certainly, mm-hmm. server management. So if you were um, if you were going to talk to somebody about what they wanted to to do when they get into the, you can either go into the IT side of things, or you can be a broadcast engineer. But you've certainly got to know about servers. And the the switches and routing and, and, and all mm-hmm. that sort of parts and your, your satellite technology, you've got to know a bit more of that. So if mm-hmm. they can study up on transmission path mm-hmm. and um, servers, you're certainly going to be uh, an asset to a future employer. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll give you I'll give you an example. Cool. We had we had a, in Melbourne we had a, a position available, and um, the boss decided to hire a, a person that knew a lot about um, computing. Mm-hmm. But didn't quite grasp what radio was about. I never sat behind mm-hmm. an announcer's desk, mm-hmm. and that's where uh, partly my my skills come into play because mm-hmm. I've been on air. I've I've been at those outside broadcasts, so I've, I've seen what the announcers need, and I can I can apply that when I'm thinking about how to design something or to code something. Mm-hmm. When you take an IT person that may have only sort of sat at home. Um, you know, watched a few episodes of the IT crowd and a few other uh, <laughs> you know, crazy little Netflix binges. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really loved radio. Mm-hmm. When it comes to programming for radio or writing it, don't quite think it the same way. Mm-hmm. So if you want to become a radio tech or learn that path of what an engineer does, certainly get involved and understand where it happens in the studio. Um, it'd be key if you were uh, an audio tech as well. You know, you could set up a, a desk. You could get your um, um, DSPs, your digital processors, and, mm-hmm. and all the Pro Tools running. If you had you know, to configure your Macs and everything else as well, mm-hmm. um, that's certainly going to be some great skills and assets for you. Mm-hmm. Is there any outboard gear at the station, like any reverb units or you know that sort of thing? Uh, so we all use plugins these days. Oh yeah, yeah. Go, so you we just use that. Yep. Yeah, we go and do um, you know Avid Gold package, and it gives you about a thousand plugins. So. Mm-hmm. 
the radio stations make a couple of million bucks or a few more per year, so they've got a couple of dollars to spend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're not running a little home operation where a thousand dollars is a lot of cash for uh, for a bloke, you know, that's running mm -hmm. a home operation. Mm -hmm. A thousand bucks is a lot of money for some guys. Mm -hmm. So for us to be able to spend two or three grand to buy the Apple uh, processors, so the, the, the plugins, things, mm -hmm. we just do it that way. You know, we get the Pro Tools, so we buy the Big Macs. Um, mm -hmm. We just uh, one of the other developments as well is that radio has gone from just being radio and audio to now becoming a effectively a TV broadcast too. So when mm -hmm. it comes to content for social media, you want to be able to create your Instagrams, your videos for the web pages, mm -hmm. which you can then also send out to um, Facebook. Mm -hmm. So we've now got three um, 1480p cameras in our studios, which we can control the same as a TV studio does with the you know, tilt pan zoom and all that. Mm -hmm. We capture those, so we capture all three cameras and we can get our own post-production mixes we need. Uh, mm -hmm. The audio feed goes with it. So we've just recently hired a, uh, a full-time person. We bought him a seven grand Mac, and, uh, spent about 10 grand on cameras and other things as well. So, you know, the the, the next level of it is it's not just a radio station, it's becoming a bit of a TV station that gets visual content mm -hmm. as well as audio content. Mm -hmm. So some form of uh, like knowing how to work with video and that sort of thing would be good as well going into this job? Yeah, kind of. But if you're good enough to be able to learn how to use applications, you don't self-taught on that. Um, mm. they, gave, they gave me this piece of application. Um, there was an option of using VMIC for live stream. Mm -hmm. But when you're not a sheep, I just sit down with them and I just look at them and think, how can I break this? What does this do? Just open up every option and just go and look at it and um, do a little bit of a mind map on, on the software. So you need to... You need to understand a few things and be willing to try, be willing to break and then reset to be able to learn it so you can show other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Cool. Anything? So is there any, um, you mentioned there's been like a couple, obviously crashes and stuff from, from lightning and that sort of thing. Is yeah. there any um, cooling units or any type of gear that oh, would yeah. sort of prevent that? Because I know we have one back at our... Studio. Absolutely. So um, whenever you're going to build a server room these days, you certainly have to make sure that you've got your um, sufficient enough cooling. We've mm -hmm. got um, two split system units installed into the 96 unit, um, and they're sitting there at a template 2223, which um, we just continually run. Now, one mm -hmm. of those runs as a primary, and then if it needs, we go to a secondary. So they don't both run at the same time. So if it starts to get a bit hot or it doesn't work, the other one will kick in. Mm -hmm. um, and we can alternate those to get the, the hours up as we need. So we turn the primary to the secondary and the secondary to the primary. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the cooling units differently. Uh, and with the amount of servers, uh, well, the servers used to be all these big, big, massive, great big boxes. But mm -hmm. now the, the Dell servers, they can fit these things into these. these the rack mount and, thing? Yeah, so. absolutely. One, one RU in size. So you don't need as much space anymore as you used to do. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's certainly being taken up by more and more technologies, which is mm -hmm. as well. Is there some sort of uh, patch-based system that you guys have between the in the studios and the vocal booths, or is it just all in one sort of room? Um, to be able to patch all you around, well, that's a digital thing. So mm -hmm. the Axia network has a central brain, and mm -hmm. you just choose your sources on the desk. So mm -hmm. <coughs> <laughs> You'd um, you just patch up the sources on the desk. So on a desk, you've got uh, you know, 14 channels with mm -hmm. a telephone module in the middle. Mm -hmm. You can then say, on channel one, I want to have mic one or mic two or mic three. Now, you can dial up studio one's mic one, two, and three. Yep. If I needed to, I could turn on studio two's mic one and bring that up on the desk.
exist and you know just round it around because it's just it's an active source in the network that you can assign to any place okay in the, in the terminology of patch bay yeah um, that used to be an old sort of where you yeah we we've got analog and and digital discs that i've been working with so we've had to patch in you know like a mic from the vocal booth you know back into the disc sort of thing uh, I'll give you, you can throw this in as well. Yeah. I'll give you a couple of uh, old school ways. Alan Larson used to work at um, you know, ZM in Palmerston North as part mm-hmm. of Radio New Zealand. Mm-hmm. One of their early things that they used to have, because they didn't have outboard processing, or it wasn't, there was something called an SPX90, a Yamaha SPX90. Mm-hmm. This was, it had about 80 odd presets on it and it had about two seconds worth of um, recording that you could do with. So in the late 80s, early 90s, you might have heard some things with a f- 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 free music, free music. <laughs> and that, and that was how they were doing them with this mm-hmm. great little thing. You just press the button multiple times. Anyway, he didn't like the reverb on them because they sounded a bit electronic. Mm-hmm. So in the back alleyway of the Palmerston North Studios, he set up a speaker at one end and a microphone at the other. Mm-hmm. So he would send an auxiliary feed, basically like the foldback for a musician. It's in the auxiliary feed out to the speaker, and then it'd bring the microphone feed back in. And that mm-hmm. would be the way that he would send, get some reverb, some natural reverb, down the back alleyway of, mm-hmm. the, of the building. Mm-hmm. And so he'd put it on the speaker and collect it from the microphone the other end and then just add that into the mix onto the tape. Mm-hmm. So that's a rudimentary way of um, you know, doing little things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your, I ask this of a lot of people who work in radio, um, what is your thoughts on the compression that's in radio where everything has to be sort of crunched down to go on air? Yeah, look, Phil Spector started that in the 60s with his wall of sound. Yeah. Um, you know, your 50s and 60s mixes, you have a nice bit of, bit of light, a bit of lilt. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants something to be a bit more bassy and a few other things. It can be a bit of an ear assault at times. It can be too mm-hmm. much. It can be a punch in the head. So on our system, we've tried to just keep a bit of fatness in it because we're you know, a real music station. We're playing the likes of The Who, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Cocker, Beatles slip in there as well. And we've got that sort of an old 70s, 80s kind of a feel about us mm-hmm. with a couple of new age songs as well. But it's got that sort of a pure sound. So we don't want it to be doof-doof, thumpy bass, mm-hmm. but we've got a little bit that makes it sound like it's actually a good fat station. So mm-hmm. it's a fine line. There is a fine line. So we're not going to go and do that big wall of sound. We're not going to go and absolutely mm-hmm. punch it out. Mm-hmm. When you go and get a, um, a top 40 station, you're going to take Kiss out of Sydney, which they've absolutely fattened it up. They've got the bottom end just back to banging, and um, you know, they've got this great sound with this American uh, station voice, mm-hmm. and they just make it hum. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's what they want to build, and that's what the millennials that are listening to it want to hear as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for us, that are um, targeting an over forty year old group, they just want to hear a bit of a um, mm. bit of bit of a. They want to hear it how it sounded to them. Real music, the way it mm-hmm. sounded when they put it on vinyl, mm-hmm. they played it on vinyl through the nice little um, home speakers through an audio system that mm-hmm. they uh, absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Is is there some podcast though as well um, with your station that maybe are putting out some stuff that's a bit of a different sample rate or bit rate from what you have to crush down? Right, yeah, definitely. Well, look, mm-hmm. that's such a subjective thing these days as well. Mm-hmm. So one of the this – is, this is my observation. Mm-hmm. I've always been a purist that records at um, zero dB or mm-hmm. you know, dBFS is the thing they're using these days. Mm-hmm. I walk past some of the um, people using Audacity 
Mm-hmm. And they're recording it around about minus 12, minus 16 dB. Mm-hmm. All they do at the end of it is just go control A, normalize, and they just mm-hmm. boost it up. So they're recording it and they've got so much floor noise, white noise, and then just boosting it, thinking that they've got it up to zero. Mm-hmm. That just that grinds my gears, that does. It should be recorded initially at its highest peak, mm-hmm. then edited. So you've got the purest. Because once you start putting normalize on it, all you've asked is you're going to get a DSP, you're going to get mm-hmm. a, a digital processor to then replicate this up and amplify the sound. So it digitally alters the pure sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they save it out at 192, but whether they're doing it at um, set bit rates or 44.1 or 48, mm-hmm. and then it gets uploaded to a, another machine, which then probably rips it down to a 96. Or there's so many things, mm-hmm. so many. It passes through. You've seen it on TV news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were certain things that would happen on TV news that you'd never get away with in the 70s and 80s. They mm-hmm. would accept half of the camera footage that we get out of the TV uh, phones these days, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. What gets to where these days is a very grainy image that looks like something that we just accept as it's okay. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so long as we can make out what not you and I are talking about, mm-hmm. you know, as long as they can understand us, mm-hmm. then that's okay for people because they're mm-hmm. often listening. They're often listening in these little, uh, you know, thirty ohm buds uh, mm-hmm. earphones. They're not listening mm-hmm. in a big two fifty ohm head, uh, head, um, headphones. They're not got the I'm a fan of the DT770, so mm-hmm. um, AKG141s are the sort of industry standard or substandard. They haven't got those mm-hmm. flash studio headphones. They're just listening in their, um, their Apple Buds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're only a thin speaker. You know, it doesn't really matter what, whether it's um, you know, 96 or 192 or full 320. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody could tell you it's full 320, but all they've done is um, you know, t- taken a 96 feed in and then just say, yeah, 220. That's not true. You, you can't take 96 and turn it into 320 unless you've started it at 320. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You're most welcome. Best wishes, folks. You've been listening to Insight.